0: All right. So we were going to talk about covers and in particular, bad album covers or covers that have problems. Um, and you had mentioned jugulator, which is an yeah. album cover. I'm not too familiar with really. So I want to let you yeah. kind of lead that in.
1: I don't own those two or albums by priest with Ripper Owens, by the way. Okay. Um, it's just not priest to me.
0: And that's, you know, that's how I am with blaze Bailey. So I, I get it. I understand. Yeah,
1: I actually like those two albums. Um, with blaze but for different reasons it's not iron maiden but i still like those albums
0: well i i, I had additional thoughts on that but i'll save that for another time because i realized there were other reasons besides blaze that i don't like those sure. albums as much
1: sure um, and there are some songs that are problematic but if you see the jugulator cover if you go to the store and you see it you won't notice this online because of how dpi works on the screen mm-hmm. they sent a low res file to the printer. And the album cover is garbage. It came out all wrong. It's all fuzzy. It's oh. all pixelated.
0: Oh, that's awful. And that's yeah, awful. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you can actually see the pics. I mean, I've had that happen yeah, in my yeah, yeah. own you covers. Can see
1: that it's, you can so. see that it's low res. And right. that it, it is just so bad. Which, of course, that leads to the two bad Iron Maiden covers that we were talking
0: about earlier.
1: That are bad for completely different reasons.
0: Well, well, I thought we were only talking about one, so I didn't realize that you you had felt that way about the other album cover. Um, so let's let's start there because I'm now I'm very interested. Um, Dance of Death is notorious for having bad cover art. Yeah, and it, and it was the same artist who did the Cathedral albums, and they obviously brought him in because they wanted to get the vibe that he has on his album cover on on the covers that he's designed. Uh, but my understanding, and again, the last time I really read about this was back in the late two thousands on the internet. But the story I remember encountering was he had sent them like a prototype image. And I don't know if it was that he backed out and they still wanted to use the cover or if they just okayed it with just the prototype and didn't want any more done to it. And, and, and then he said, no, don't put my name on it. Cause it looks terrible. It, I, I heard two different versions of the story. Um,
1: Whatever the story is. That's a very unprofessional and unfinished piece. It is. That went on the cover. It is and but... at some point, the art director needed to say, we're going to do a black cover with a little bit of some of these figures poking out through the blackness, because that thing is unfinished. It's unrendered. It's just a digital 3D model. Done in a sketch program, right?
0: True. But whether but the thing about the story that's important is that does determine who is blamed for the bad cover. Like if it's the artist or if it's the, you know, the cover the uh you know, whoever's in charge in charge of the the design of the cover for the album, or you know, like Steve Harris if he was just being boneheaded about it. Do you know what I mean? Like is it, it so yeah, I don't I don't really know uh, what the true story is, but the the one that I tended to believe was that they that that Harris saw the prototype and liked it and didn't want to change it, and then the artist backed out after that. That always seemed like the more plausible story to me. Right. Um, but
1: and I, and I think because of that, that led to all the problems with the next one. Tim Bradstreet said he has never been more art directed or overly art directed than he was on that
0: cover. On on um, a matter of matter... life and death. Yeah. Yeah. No, what is it? Because I actually kind of like that cover, to be honest. Um, so, I guess first, d- is there a lot of agreement that that's not one of their better covers, or is is it? Because um... Dance I of don't... Death, you could like, you can if you type in Dance of Death album cover, like everybody hates it. Um, but I don't know if I've heard too much about a matter of life well, and death.
1: Look at the cover of Matter of Life and Death. Mm-hmm. Everybody is posed the same exact way, looking in the same exact direction. It's all flat. There's no depth to it. Everything is overly rendered. Mm-hmm. And you can see that whatever charm or artistry he was trying to put into that piece was just stripped away. And it's just this green blob with four figures in it. It's not a good painting. Okay, see, I, I don't get much better than that.
0: I don't get a bad vibe like that from it, though. And again, I'm not as you know into art, so maybe it's that. But like I just see like, you know, it kind of like evocative of like, you know, World War Two, you know, World War One maybe. You know what I mean? It's got that kind of um I don't know, it's got you know, the the they just kinda look like ambling corpses that are, you know, marching to their death. Um, but it kinda worked for me. Um it wouldn't be my, my favorite Iron Maiden album cover. Do you know what I mean? Like definitely it's a little bit busy. But um but like a lot of those other things, like they don't it doesn't leap out to me the way Dance of De- Dance of Death, you look at it, and you're like, whoa, no. th- that's that's it, like unfinished. Um, yeah.
1: And as I said, I mean, there are two different versions of bad, but hmm. there's there's no artistry at all to Matter of Life and Death. It's just functional.
0: Well, it, well oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: It doesn't do what the original ones did. Right. Yeah. When you look at Power Slave, that's evocative. Yeah. And you're looking all over the album for all these hidden meanings and whatnot. You know peace of mind the same thing number of the beast the same thing these were album covers that what was his name Derek something i can't remember his doing. name but yeah they were amazing covers and they they really grabbed us so if you look at the black and white version uh it's a little bit better on huh. matter of life and death but it's still not good you can see there's this constant tinkering with with the figures. There's no okay. there's no depth of field going on. And Bradstreet loves doing modern stuff. He loves doing tanks. He got mm. his start in the gaming industry doing tanks. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he worked on Twilight 2000 way back in the day. And then you see him work on Vampire. And his stuff in Vampire is so dramatic. There's mm. There's these amazing shapes to people's bodies and these curves that he'll put into paintings. And this is just a block with... If you just sat down and plotted out the composition of this cover. It's a block with six sticks on it. That's what it is. There, There's nothing going on here that you would say, oh, wow, that's great. That's a great cover. I really, I have to have this on my wall.
0: But see, well, so, so I, I do agree with you that it's different. Like, it does stand out in terms of it doesn't fit in with a lot of other Iron Maiden covers. So I look at this, and I know it's not like power right. slavery like my favorite cover is probably seven son of the seven son that right. cover has the Absolutely. most like that's perfect to me um and this one for what the album was though it kind of reflects the content well do you know what i mean like it seems like it's okay it's 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 a little more gritty a little more serious and it's just they're trying to evoke war and it sure. seems to do the job for me um but i don't i mean and again i don't you know depth the field and stuff like that that doesn't pop out at me as a viewer but i don't that's not stuff I look for. So that might be, you know,
1: you're not I mean. supposed to go looking for it. It's supposed to be there. And if it's doing its job, right, you don't notice it. I'm an art director. So I look for these things. That's my job mm-hmm. is to make sure that it's more than just functional, that it's evocative. Okay. And there's nothing evocative. I'm not a fan of uh, stranger in Strangeland uh-huh. only because everything on it is overly rendered. And so there's, again, there's no push and pull, but, uh, that's a, that's a different problem for a different time. Matter of yeah. Life and Death is clearly one of those situations where somebody was art-directed to death and they were probably scared to death they were going to get another dance of, dance of the
0: Dead or Dance of Death. It was uh, Dance of Death,
1: Dance of Death. Yeah.
0: Um, By the
1: way, an album I do not like either. So. Which,
0: which also, we, we do disagree on that album because I, I, I like that album and you don't. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's definitely not, I don't think it's one of the more popular albums. Like I think it's generally considered like a, you know, like a decent Iron Maiden album. I don't think it really ever rises too high or too low. Um, I, I really like the last song, the journeyman that they have on there, the acoustic one. Mm -hmm. And there's a number, yeah. And there's a number of other songs on there that I just have a similar reaction
1: Uh, to. Passion Dale is a good song. Um, I don't remember everything that's on that album, but there's a couple of okay songs on there, but it's, it's generally not a great album, and I remember people talking and saying, "This is Maiden's best album ever." Well, Talk well, there's always you. that when a there's new no album way that's comes. That's true. <laughs> there, when when a new
0: album comes out, there's always over praise that an album gets because yeah. you know what I mean. Because people have been waiting. I'm um, I, I like "Face in the Sand." I think that's a really good song. Um, mm-hmm. I like uh, "Dance of Death." I like you know the the lead in songs are fine. I think they're good. Um, and, but Journeyman's the one that really stands out to me. Like you said, Passchendaele, uh, you know, and I think I think Age of Innocence isn't too bad either. But it's 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 not it's not hits all the way through. Do you know what I mean it's not Power Slave? Um, it's not um, you know Number of the Beast or something like that. But yeah. it's but it's it's got some. It's the ones that are good are really really good. Is how Brave I,
1: how I New World it. gave me the impression that they were back and they were making amazing work again. And to follow up with Dance of Death was a really big disappointment. And then, of yeah. course, Matter of Life and Death came out, and there's not a bad song on that yeah.
0: album. Well, there's, this, there's a reason for some of that, too, because uh, Dance of Death was made in like a matter of months, I think. They had very little time. So no, the songwriting was rushed, but also so was the recording. And so it, it's kind of why I think it is the album it is. And I think it's it's not as good as Brave New World or Matter of Life and Death because those are very good albums. And like you said, they're kind of solid the whole way through. And especially with Brave New World, they were getting all this energy just from the fact, like when that album came out, that was like one of the happiest days of my life because I I was surprised when it came out. I didn't know. I I had heard nothing about it because I had kind of fallen off the radar with following bands like this and stuff, largely because I was, you know, so disenchanted because of things like iron maiden leaving bruce dickens uh sorry bruce dickens and leaving iron maiden and uh so much of the kinds of music we were getting in the 90s when that came out it was really exciting and when i think dance of death it they almost kind of have to make an album like that in order to follow up with a matter of life and death do you know what i mean like it's you kind of need to um you, like like i feel like based on what I'm under, what I've been told about the making of dance of death, it was kind of done like in a pressure cooker type situation. And I think that really, it doesn't necessarily produce the greatest album, but it improves your songwriting talent. And I think that that, uh, served them on the following album. But that, again, that's just my impression. So um, I,
1: I, I really do not understand how a band only has X number of days or weeks to make an album. Who is creating these artificial deadlines?
0: I have no idea.
1: That they had to rush. That doesn't make it... Iron Maiden doesn't need to make an album if they don't want to.
0: I mean... I don't know what the details were. I'm imagining that they must have at least agreed to it, thinking that they could do it, or maybe they liked the challenge of can we do it inside this time frame? Sure. And there could have been economic pressures, like hey, Brave New World came out, you have to follow up by this date, so we can get a two. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what the it's. I guess in our world it would be like Gen Con is coming up, so you got to release your book by this date. Um, sure. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. I I, I have no idea. Um, I think it's sometimes okay though. I don't think that, like I think bands can can have room to kind of mess up a little bit if there are some gems on there do you know what i mean especially if it helps prepare them for their next album um but i don't i don't know you know what what the i mean it did when i've read about it it sounds like there were other people like management and stuff that were making those calls i don't think it was um i don't think that was a creative decision
1: yeah, well, no no creative person would say, I'm going to force myself to put out crap in six weeks.
0: Well, uh, yeah, and it probably wasn't six weeks, but it did sound like it was months. Um, but again, I don't know, some people might be like, I could see being excited by, can I do it in that time? Do you know what I mean? Like, if I'm forced to write music in a shorter time frame, what will it sound I wrote
1: like? a game in six hours once, but I don't charge for it. It's free. <laughs> Right. Yeah.
0: No. I get you. I get I you. I gave
1: myself that challenge to see if I could do it. It's actually a popular game, which is funny, but um, I did it for free. I, I get. I put it out for free, and I do the same mm-hmm. thing with anything that I think is subpar for my production. Okay. Uh, parameters. What I expect out of myself. Well. And. Well, okay This just felt. What there were just so many things when I was listening to it for the very first time, I just thought, "What is going on? Are we having another prayer for the dying?" Are we having a another tail gunner moment where they're just shitting out songs because they have to
0: well what steve harris said was that um one one of the things he said was that he was kind of it was it was like scary but also exciting because they didn't know what the music you know they like they didn't know what it was going to come out like do you know what i mean so I could kind of see, like you know, maybe you're a little bit bored, especially when you think of the kind of albums they were making up through this point, like, um, you know, even including like the Blaze Bailey albums, like those more prog-oriented albums, and then Brave New World, and this might have been kind of like a jolt to the system. Um, but you know, I don't know, I don't know. I, 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 I think there's enough gems on it that I'm fine with it. But, uh, but I think the cover art is really a problem cover art looks awful and uh and i i wouldn't argue that it's not as you know the the brave new world and a matter of life and death are considerably better in terms of quality
1: i can see with jugulator right you've ordered this what is already a preposterous album cover it just looks dumb regardless of the the pixelation Mm -hmm. i can understand that you decide that's what you want you put it on the cover and then somebody sends the wrong file they send this low res file or Mm -hmm. Somehow they never got a high res because the idiot they were working with doesn't know how to work in high res. I don't know, right? Those are technical problems that lead to a crappy cover. Yeah. Dance of Death, you get that. You have an opportunity to say, no, we're not going to put this on the fucking cover. We're going to do something else. We'll make this a a concept album with all black or all white or whatever. Maybe we'll have a face poking through, something we can... They could have grabbed some shitty stock art somewhere, right? Yeah. And, and done it on a black background with just a little bit peeking through and you would have said, oh, okay, well, this is an interesting movie. But you would have never said the shit that gets said over that cover that they finally put on there. And that's just poor decision-making. I, It's unforgivable.
0: The, the only thing I can think of is that for some reason when they okayed it, they must have wanted to have that computer-generated look. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand how, you know... Especially if the artist is telling you it's not done, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the part that really is like you should probably listen to the artist if they're saying that. But again, we don't know what happened. It's it's like a lot of these things. Like there are these stories that we hear, and we don't know how true they are. For all we know, it's a different. It was a different series of events. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, I guess uh, something else that I know you said you wanted to talk about was pyromania. Um, <laughs>
1: I don't want to talk about it. I feel obligated to talk about it. Let's be very clear. So one of the things I think maybe I think, you know, this, but maybe we should make people clear of I listen to a lot of shit just to just to see what's out there and also to have something to talk about on the show. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I was up late last, not last night, but a few nights ago, and I was listening to something. I think it was that band you sent me, Black Hills. Black Hills.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember saying that.
1: And because it's a full album, YouTube's suggested a bunch of different albums that I might want to listen to. Something from Scorpions, something from Whitesnake. Some reason they thought I wanted to listen to Glam Metal. And Def Leppard Pyromania was on there. And I realized I've never heard the entire album from beginning to end. I didn't own it, and I only knew the four songs that were made into videos. Okay. Um... And so I listened to it from beginning to end. And it was it was quite an experience. And I want to people to understand, I do this for people that listen to the podcast. I put myself through that so that I could talk about how bad it was. Did well, you
0: listen to it? I, I have not listened to the album in a while, but I had that album when I was younger. I, I think I told you the story. I, I think I traded cigarettes for that album on yeah. the bus. And, yeah. uh, and, and it was a really stupid decision because I remember first of all obviously if the kid was willing to make that trade he must have been willing to for a reason and and then when i got the album because i had heard pyromania was this great album um and i didn't really know much about def leppard at the time it just just none of the songs really landed with me that was really what it was the the overall def leppard song is not a sound is not a sound that i really gravitate towards in general sure. es- especially when they're being kind of like i don't know Peak Deaf Leopard. Do you know what I mean? Like it just, it, it just, it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't, it doesn't move me emotionally. I I understand why some people like it, but Pyromania is one of those albums where, I, I it just didn't make a big impression. I listened to it like twice, and then I st- I don't. I never listened to it again after that.
1: Um, so and- Robert Lang is the producer. I just had to go look it up, um, and I watched the behind the music about it, which is fascinating. That, the stories that came out of the making of that album are better than the album um, Phil Collin I guess is the guitar player that joined and they got rid of somebody I, I don't know anyway there's a lot of stories behind it the, the making of the, uh, the behind the music is on YouTube somewhere you sh- people should listen to it and watch it it's fantastic but the album's bad the, I, I think there's 10-11 songs on there every single one is predictable Every single one Joe's voice sounds exactly the same there's there's no contrast the the songs, even when a song is good, they find a way to ruin it so that you know you get a oh oh, that's a really nice little piece that they mm-hmm. did in there and then immediately they just go into the pop sound and I it, just... it's very difficult for me to be objective about it, but mm-hmm. even from an objective perspective, there's nothing groundbreaking yeah. here
0: and and i don't object to the pop sound itself but that's probably the, that's probably the reason why the album is so popular and and and, and has its reputation but the, just the particular pop sound that they get is i guess what i'm not like the um i think the, i'm looking at the track listing now and the only song that i really kind of like from that album is rock of ages i i don't even think like photograph is a song that i'd really want to hear right now do you know what i mean um you know they have some songs in the later '80s that I kind of like too, but again, it's for similar reasons to why I would like Rock of Ages. Do you know what I mean it's not? They're not songs that I would put on a on a top ten list for sure, and um, and they're kind of guilty pleasures. Um, but, there
1: was uh, a there was a part of straight, stage fright, a song called stage fright. It's the third one on there. Um, that was actually kind of interesting. There was a little piece in there that I kind of liked, but if i never hear anything from this album again i won't
0: lose sleep okay i'll have to i I don't remember stage fright too well so i'll have to check that out after the podcast yeah it's
1: one of those kind of b-sides that you you, the band probably thinks is a throwaway Mm -hmm. but if you have any kind of ear for music you can say oh they actually made some interesting choices in there so of course the producer didn't like it or of course the band didn't like it interesting doesn't sell we have to make this thing as disney as we can and
0: uh, well, and and I think um, you know what they were going for. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I'll have to hear the song before I comment because I really don't. I don't want to speak without uh, without knowing exactly what you're referring to. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, I want. I did. You, you would. You would texted me about this. Orgasmatron. Um, yes. Uh, so I, I. So I did something I don't normally do, which is I made a point of actually listening to the song with the lyrics in front of me. Which you know, oh, orgasmic well, song right. is, a, is a song I know, but it's not a song that I—I've I, paid some attention to the lyrics, but right. you know, I'm not—I'm not a lyric person, and so uh, I wanted to—I wanted to because I figured the lyrical content might have something to do with why you like the song. So, um, so yeah, I want to know why y- your words were this is the greatest song ever made. I think so. Well,
1: it's certainly Meg- it's certainly Motorhead, Megadeth, it's certainly Motorhead's best song mm-hmm. of all time, and I know you disagree because you have. Uh, uh, your favorites. Yeah. But uh, I think it is the quintessential, even though they're not a metal band, this is a quintessential metal song. Okay. And yeah, it's probably one of the best songs of all time. I heard it when I was, I want to say 16 or 17 and it just opening Probably one of the reasons I'm as jaded as I am about so many things is because of how heavy that song is on every level. So, yeah. And the lyrics are fantastic.
0: No, and it's interesting because it's not—it's almost like a spoken word song. It's—it's it it's not really sung. Like there's a little bit, I suppose, but it's—he's—he's—it's he's, he's, it's basically kind of like a—it's—it's it's almost like in you know—it's—it's it's still Motorhead, but it's like poetry in the world of Motorhead. You know, it's says. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I the lyrics were interesting. I thought it was interesting that he kind of goes from like religion to politics to war in the way that he does. Yeah. And um. You know, and it's an interesting concept, and the imagery is very—I don't know—the the words are very effective. Yeah, and
1: he he's done a lot of material, right? If you look hmm. at the the amount of stuff that Motorhead has put out, and a lot of times he's just recreating the same songs again with a different thing. I think Brotherhood of Man is this song, but about bikers, right? Okay, they're very similar songs, um, but I. I don't think he's ever written smarter than he's written on this song. The ace of spades is fun, Mm -hmm. but it's just about taking chances. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Um, but this song is about why peasants remain peasants. This song is about why all of us are crushed under somebody else's boot for all of eternity. And it it's unflinching. It's, it's a genius piece of work in my opinion, and it does not get enough, Credit because so many people like Overkill and mm-hmm. uh, What's the One About the Snake. I, I'm I'm forgetting album uh, song titles at the moment. I don't know why, but something about the snake, taking a hold of the snake or something. Anyway, he's got so many, uh, what are, what's the word I'm looking for? Perennial songs that people like that are a lot more ACD-ish, mm-hmm. ACDC-ish, um, and less intelligent on the scale that this song is.
0: Yeah. Well, when I think of a Motorhead song, I, I don't—I mean, not that I think that he's stupid. I don't think he's stupid, but I think no, more—I think more witty than intelligent type lyric. Do you know what I mean? Like more right. humorous and witty and that kind of thing. Right. This song kind of seems like he's being serious for a moment, kind of like he was in like 1916. You know, it's kind of like oh, he's being a bit more serious than normal. Um, and I—I I think that uh, it also kind of explains Lemmy a little bit to me. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not like a massive Motorhead fan, but I do respect them. And I like a lot of their music and, you know, but Lemmy has this personality that everybody knows. And he's kind of the, you know, he's kind of, I don't know. He, he doesn't abide by normal social rules. Right. And he, uh, you know, all these things. And this kind of is an interesting explanation perhaps for why, do you know what I mean? Like why he doesn't need to play by the world's rules. Um, so I you know and and it's just very it's very well written very and it uh I I don't know I I especially when uh you know I suppose if you hear the name orgasmatron you don't think that that's what you're about to be in for right right,
1: right. cuz the title's stupid yeah it's I'm a, not going to defend the title of the song at all it's
0: I mean, you think it's gonna be about like a dildo or like some, so, or or maybe Barbarella? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. you know, you, something along those lines, or or what? The the sleeper movie that Woody Allen movie that had the same machine in it, um, but uh, it, it's it's actually pretty insightful. So, uh, I'm I'm on a website right now that calls
1: it their heaviest song mm-hmm. of all time. They put it number four on the top twenty Motorhead songs um uh <laughs> let me often insisted that motorhead were not a heavy metal band and it's a fair point but orgasmatron is a vicious brooding, brooding heavy metal song whichever way you slice it
0: and, and it's that, actually a very simple the riff What's is that? the riff is really simple too but yeah, it yeah. works um so it's almost like i mean it's it it, it, it it's really focused this song yeah. um
1: I think songs like
0: this, and, I, and
1: I've said this before when we talk about Behemoth and other really, really heavy bands. I think songs like this, where the sound is almost pressing down on your chest mm-hmm. and making it difficult for you to get up, those kinds of songs grab me more than any kind of songs in metal. I love really fast stuff. Uh, I I won't I won't uh, lie about that. But this I will always want to listen to this before I listen to say hangar 18 by megadeth
0: well and heavy really does require a certain amount of slowness you know yeah. so um which i think is i think that's something that metal off like you need fast metal for sure but i think metal often forgets that the heaviness kind of comes from the slowness and if you bring it back down to that slow you know and and motorhead's a band that's kind of you know more associated with up-tempo uh speeds but uh <laughs> but here I they think really that's
1: one of the reasons brutal metal doesn't work because brutal metal requires speed and heavy at the same time Mm -hmm. and there's no place for your brain to rest so you're just getting punched for nothing
0: Mm -hmm. well and that's why you know when i do listen to bands like that i tend to prefer the bands again you know i know this isn't your cup of tea but like that bolt thrower song i'm always sharing is an example of one where you know you have that really slow sort of heavy sound and then it's followed up with something faster um
1: I was listening to Bolt Thrower the other
0: day, mm-hmm. and that
1: the song I heard, uh, Crusade, F- Fourth Crusade.
0: Oh, that's a good it album. Is, that's a good. It album. is
1: so good until he starts singing, <laughs> right? That band is so yeah. effing talented, and then he gets involved, and. But I again, that's so because good.
0: you don't like the Cookie Monster vocals, right? So, right. like,
1: but I mean, he's not even very good at Cookie Monster mm-hmm. vocals. So let's let's call a spade a spade here, and at least admit that there are times when cookie monster can work and this isn't it
0: i mean i don't i mean i i don't know that they're bad like i tend to prefer when it comes to like death metal vocals i prefer a little bit higher tone because it's it rides over the sound better right but for what they're doing his sound kind of works for me because they're trying to give this like it almost sounds like an exhaust pipe type of cookie monster vocal i mean it's meant to be this big lumbering thing, the sound. And so I think that I get why they do what they do, but but I just think it's, I think it
1: succeeds better without him. I think the band is a better band without his voice.
0: What what kind of vocals would you like to hear over that music?
1: Well, I'm, I love death, right? We Mm -hmm. talk about death a lot on the show. Death is a fantastic and flesh and the power that it holds is the, one of the greatest songs of all time. It should be on a top 20 list. Mm -hmm. And when you hear, when you look at him and you hear his regular voice and his crowd banter, by the way, is awful. Mm -hmm. He does not know how to talk to the audience. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, first of all, he's pulling off 700 riffs per second and he's doing that voice. It it is works together so well, so insanely well. And I don't know why. Yeah, that's that's my go to vocal.
0: That's my favorite. That's my favorite death metal vocals. You know, that's especially on their first album. You know, when you first hear that die, die. You know, that just that's that really works beautifully. I think
1: that's what makes Megadeth work over well, for so many reasons over Metallica. But that's one of the reasons that Megadeth works over Metallica is Dave Mustaine's voice is cynical. Yeah. Right? It's not it's not arrogant or ennui or whatever you want to call James. Hetfield's voice it's, a, it's almost
0: funny. a little bit whiny but it works for him because he, he, he has yeah I like to compare him to Starscream a little bit but it's yeah. like Starscream in a way that you expect like an angry young man to be and it it works I, I get what you're saying but there I get you
1: understood saying. Starscream's problems too right yeah so his yeah. voice becomes sympathetic because you realize he's working for an idiot
0: yeah yeah
1: right so you become sympathetic to what Starscream's going through and I think the same thing is true of dave Mustaine, you can hear the the derision in his voice the the, the point at which he's gone to where he's just so cynical about everything this is the voice i'm going to use to sing
0: yeah and he's also not holding back his emotions like uh like a yeah. lot of vocals what you're getting are these are the two emotions i'm going to let you see do you know what i mean because yeah. this is the image i want and with with Mustaine, you get a lot more vulnerability in there yeah, yeah. um but uh well, oh, we, we also, uh, we wanted to discuss Mosh Pits for a little bit. Um, I actually... I want to talk
1: about vocalists for just a little bit oh, longer. Oh, sure, sure,
0: sure.
1: I listened to a band called Frozen Crown, and they're your typical power metal band. They came on after Archers, Unleash the Archers, the other day um, on YouTube. They've got one good song, and the rest are just all the same. It's the same with all the same power metal. And I realized something about power metal. uh when you when you said what you just said about emotion is that power metal draws upon emotion but it's always the same emotion it's always that yeah it's triumphant
0: it's triumphant it's always triumphant
1: yeah exactly and that gets tiresome i get sick of a band that i can't tell which song i'm listening to yeah
0: and to be fair like there's a band called rhapsody i think they changed their name to rhapsody of something now like rhapsody of fire or something but they they i remember they had some albums that had a lot of variation on emotion like it was still operatic but it wasn't all triumphant you know but i i do think when you think power metal the thing that leaps to mind is definitely that trite you picture a person going like this with their fist yeah and and whatever they're singing is matching that you yeah. know that that um physical movement um i think that's what happens to a lot of metal subgenres it's not always bad but it it is limiting you know like you can't you know anthrax could never veer into pink floyd territory right do you know what i mean um i'm so glad you brought up
1: anthrax let's get back to that in just a second but finish your thought
0: no so i'm just saying like i think you know like i love thrash metal but one of the downsides of thrash metal is they can't escape thrash metal the same way that, you know, unlike Judas Priest, who can escape, you know, any style of metal they want to. Do you know what I mean, they could yeah. they could they could put out something that is, you know, more like a rock song or more like a folk song and people would kind of accept it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but if you're locked in one of these subgenres, you got to number one could be worried about the fans. But you also probably have your own internal orthodoxy. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about the band Cathedral. And I liked their first album a lot. That came out and I was, I was like, wow, I've never heard this before. Then they had an album. I think it was called uh, Through the Ethereal Mirror Beyond the Ethereal Mirror. It was their second album. Um, and it was the one that I posted the song to that you, you were, yeah. that got us on that, this discussion. That started cover. this whole conversation. Yes. Um, but that album is actually a really groundbreaking doom metal album. It takes the genre in a whole new direction. But when that album came out I was so orthodox do you know what I, mean? I was so this is what doom metal has to be that as soon as I heard the funkiness as soon as I heard the psychedelic stuff even though there were traces of it in the first album it was dampened by the overall sound I just couldn't accept it i was i, I was so angry at the band for for not following up with a uh, an album that sounded the same and i think um i think that's one of the things that just kind of there's two things that I think kill subgenres. Number one is the orthodoxy. And the number two is like the splintering where you get like, you know, these really specific types of subgenre that can only, you know, you, the sub, the genre went from doing four things and now it can only do two or one things. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, and it always has to do those things. If it doesn't do those things, it's, 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 it's a violation. Um, so yeah, I'll I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I think, what you're hitting on is very interesting, and I want to talk about Anthrax in just a second. Um, I think one of the things that happened with the Big Four is they they stayed true to the genre as much as they could for as long as they could. And then, of course, Metallica becomes a country western band, and then Megadeth loses its way. Slayer never once, well, only once, puts out shit, right? That yeah. Melicos Medorio, whatever the name of that al- album is, Magica, Mellifilaris... It's, it's an awful album. Everybody knows it's an awful album. It doesn't sound like Slayer. And the, they go back to doing what made them famous. And Slayer stayed true to Slayer. Even if they mm-hmm. got monotone, Slayer stayed true to Jair and they stopped trying to chase something else.
0: Yeah.
1: Anthrax, among those bands, it, I want to love them so much. I really do. Please believe me when I say Among the Living was my favorite album in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but Anthrax never knew what they wanted to be. And they struggled. The John Bush years, they don't sound like a metal band. They mm-hmm. sound like a grunge band. And Scott Ian's one of the best guitar players in all of metal. So he's not the problem. They never had a singer that fit their sound. They never knew what they wanted to be. And they were constantly chasing something. Uh, what's that Persistence of Time album? Is that the name of it? Yeah, the I remember that that, the... yeah. that thing's awful. That's an awful album. It sounds like UB40. It sounds like some pop band from the late 80s trying to make a metal band not a metal band I, trying to sound
0: I have not listened to Persistence of Time since it came out like I rem- that was I <laughs> remember that was so one bad, of, but... that was an album where I remember getting it shortly after it was released uh, I don't really remember my opinion on that album though I'm not I'm not a huge Anthrax person so I really sure. I probably shouldn't have used them as an example because I was just No no they out... were a
1: great example because yeah. I do want to talk about cuz <laughs> we've never talked about them on the show and I feel like they don't get enough love but there's a reason they don't get enough love They did the that new album with judas priest they have a song called judas priest on there i think Mm -hmm. it's hail to the king or something or ritual kings i don't remember the names of their albums unfortunately and it's a really strong solid album and then they followed up with the new one i'm gonna look this stuff up so i don't sound like an idiot anthrax albums and they went right back to doing bad bad
0: stuff Well, one thing I will, like, and again, I don't know Anthrax music that well. I, I, you know, there's some of it. I know the stuff that's like, you know, out there that's popular. And like, there were a few albums I had. Um, One of the things that I do like about Anthrax, there's two things. Number one, I like Scott Ian's personality. I like when I see him talking about metal, he's one of the most thoughtful and informed people on the topic of metal. So that gets me. Also, his understanding of the importance of rhythm guitar, because he's a rhythm guitarist and and riffs and so you know like when he talks about Ted Nugent he understands why Ted Nugent is good and the critics who don't get Ted Nugent miss the, that it's the riffs that he's a rhythm guy um right the other thing i like about uh about anthrax is they were kind of more open minded than a lot of metal bands in that they were more willing to cross that hip hop line when it was sure. totally not allowed do you know what i mean um, yeah i
1: don't i don't think that that's a, a ding on the their yeah. record at all i think it, a lack of understanding of who they even are has hurt the band and even yeah. and i agree with you about everything about scott i love scott i i've, lo- I've listened to everything that he's ever done for anybody right i i even listened to stormtroopers of death which is about as racist and ugly a band as somebody's ever put together but at the time it was funny and we listened to it mm-hmm. and it was good stuff and you could see how it was affecting anthrax but anthrax has gone through too many singers. And every single time they're putting out an album, they're changing so much they don't know what they want to be. Mm -hmm. And just to get back to it, I don't want to lose it. Worship Music is the good one that they put out recently with the song Judas Priest on it. And For All Kings is a new one, which only has a couple of good songs on it. And it goes right back to doing what they've always done with Joey Belladonna, the singer, which is that they just kind of let him do what he wants. And he's not matching what the rest of the band is doing.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I it would be. I, we probably at some point it might be interesting to do a dive through their discography because, it, it they are a band. I feel like I need to be more familiar with their, you know, who they really are. But maybe it's part of what you're saying because I feel like whenever I have listened to them, I kind of have trouble characterizing them. Do you know what I mean? Like I right, uh, and it might have to do with what you're talking about. Um, but uh, but yeah. So I, I, oh, go ahead. I've been
1: trying to commission another song, right? We talked about, we did the one song together and then I commissioned another song through Fiverr and I struggled to find a singer for it. And recently I decided I wanted to make another song again. And I've been doing that in my free time here and there. And the struggle is always finding a singer, always finding that voice that matches what everybody else is doing because that, that will kill a metal band faster than anything. You can't do pink And Katy Perry cannot sing on a metal album.
0: Well, and it's more than that. You need somebody... Like, singers have to be able to act. Do you know what I mean? Like, a guitar player just has to be able to play and express emotion. And a singer needs to be able to... Like, like there's a difference between somebody who's good at singing but can't... Can't convey the... You know, like the... I don't know how to put it. Like, you it's like somebody who knows how to read poetry well do you know what i mean there's a difference between me reading poetry and i'm not going to get it i'm not going to emphasize the right syllables i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get any emotion in there versus somebody who understands it and is able to convey what the poem is you know like the 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 rhythm and the emotion and the personality of the poetry um and 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 a lot of singers don't have that and so when they don't it doesn't work um what what's the like in terms of finding a singer like without you know bitching about specific people i suppose what like what's the problem that you keep running into with them
1: i i honestly think you need to start with the singer you need to know what the singer's voice is so that the band can build music around their voice and and it it's it sucks that that's the truth. It sucks that that's the situation that most bands find themselves in. But go, let's look at Van Halen. Right. Van Halen is a different band when Sammy Hagar joins. Yeah, they changed yeah. their sound. And while I don't like any version of Van Halen, I appreciate that they understood this is the kind of music we're going to play when David is singing. Yeah. This is the kind of music we're going to play when Sammy is singing. And I don't know. Is it back to David or do they get a third person i don't know
0: where they are now i think that that band's always been kind of a mess in terms of relationships
1: i i think i just think that that's the way you need to go that's just the truth about music and if you don't want to do that if you just want to make music then don't have a singer don't force yourself because there's plenty of instrumental bands like russian circles (laughs) who are absolutely fucking genius and they don't need a singer to to grab you for 20 minutes or that new band you just showed me what are what's their name
0: which one black was it? hills black hills yeah the the, the 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 rhythm guitar version of buckethead
1: yeah I mean, yeah they... yeah but they're fantastic <laughs> they're atmospheric every song grabs me i don't stop and go oh here comes the bluesy rail slide okay yeah it's let's focus on the atmosphere let's make the music and i think i think like i said you have to start with the singer
0: well, in some music, there is no place for a vocalist, like you're saying. So, like you know, yeah. if, you know, if you're playing, if you're essentially playing like classical guitar, Jimmy, it's gonna be harder to work in some kind of vocals in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you can find the right se- like if you have a band with an established sound, like like Candlemass had an established sound, and they got Messiah Marcolin, and it worked beautifully putting him in with that sound. Um, you can pair it that way too, but I think you do the singer is going to, the the problem that I think a lot of bands have that they, maybe it's a lack of musical training, or maybe it's just a lack of consideration for the singer's limits. You have to be able to write within the singer's range. And a lot of bands don't do that. Do you know what I mean? A lot of bands, you can hear the vocalist struggling to, to stay in key because they're not writing within the singer's range. You know, that's, you know, again, I'm not as familiar with This era of Iron Maiden's music, but that's something that people always say about the Blaze Bailey era, is that they really weren't writing to his vocal range, and it kind of made it harder for him. Right. Um,
1: I was just thinking the same thing. I was thinking that we're going to end up back to Blaze talking about Iron Maiden because that's a perfect example of the band not adapting.
0: Yeah. So you know, I mean, so I won't I won't hang on the point too long then for that reason, but but I do think you know you know you have to consider i don't know if it's i don't know if it's that you necessarily have to have the vocalist first but you have to know what the vocalist is right and then understand right. that the music has is going to have to adapt to that person's range their singing style and all these things sure um and and also the the guitar tone has to like if the guitar tone is overwhelming the vocals when i when i when i when i, yeah. I, I, when I first got in a death metal band in high school you couldn't hear the vocalist because me and the drummer wanted to be super loud. Do you know what I mean? And the vocalist yeah. is his, he was a bass. He couldn't, he right. couldn't project right. over that sound. We had to go to a higher register if we wanted to utilize his voice. Um, so I think, I think that's uh you know, I think that's, something <laughs> I that took people... a
1: couple of, I took a couple of singing lessons. That's exactly what she said to me. And she said, you have a weird range that you sing in. And if, you get in a band, the band is going to have to to work around that.
0: Yeah, what was your... Do you know what your range was?
1: My range is bass, but okay. it's uh, it's just at the higher end of bass. Um, it's really narrow. I do not have a wide octave that I can sing in. Okay. And I don't really have that great of a voice, but I know that I can match tone mm-hmm. at times. But for me, it was just my range is so small and so limited in this bass range that I sing in that she said it's going to be difficult for a band to work with you.
0: Yeah. I, I'm like a low bass, and I don't, it was never, especially in like a genre like metal. It was, it, it's, I think that that's really hard unless you can project it or something. It's, it's, it's difficult. So, um, you know, the, the, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, again, you you know, you have to consider the, you know, the parameters, of the vocalist, but, um, but yeah, so I don't know, do we want to move on to the next topic or do we, uh, how is, much have we already talked about?
1: Do we have enough for an episode?
0: I, I think, well, I think we do, but I think we might want to keep pressing and see how much we can, uh, sure. You know, well, uh, you and
1: I can talk forever. People should know that we talk for another two hours when we're done recording.
0: Yeah. Is it, I ramble a lot is what it boils down to. I think, um, I
1: didn't say that. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, but I. Didn't well, I
0: know it's true. I know it's true about me. Um, so mosh pits. We were gonna discuss that. Um, I don't know if there's but you a didn't lot. Tell
1: to... me what you wanted to say about them.
0: I I I didn't know what I wanted to say about them. I put I put it out to the group. I asked, I asked people, I was like, you know, Hey, cause I, I used to play in a band. I used to see the mosh, pit. I used to see him at shows when I went to attend shows, but I never wanted to involve myself in a mosh, pit. it just, it's, it, right. I, I, it looked like it looked like somebody combined football and heavy metal music. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't like the idea of, you know, I'm five, seven at the time. I was probably like 125 pounds. It didn't seem like a good, a good idea to just step into a, a mosh pit. Um
1: I, I I've been in about six or seven mosh pits. Um, I jammed my thumb up really good in the last one that I was in. Uh, and so I,
0: I stopped doing them.
1: And they got more violent, right? I did them in the 80s and 90s. Well, And I well, wouldn't do them today.
0: What I want to know, number one, I want to know what the attraction is. But before we even address that, I want to know, what are the rules of the mosh? Like, I, I don't understand. Are you only allowed to just charge at people and smash into them? No. Are you... Well, like, I
1: can't tell you what the modern rules of the mosh pit are, but you weren't supposed to run and charge at people. You were just supposed to run into it in a circle, and then people would push you on the edges back into the circle. Right? So you were just moving however you wanted to move. And I've been in punk mosh pits and metal mosh pits, and they're a little different. Okay. Uh, But I think the rules have changed drastically. Now it's just about trying to hurt people. Well, Now it's trying to...
0: When I was... I mean, this was back in 94. The mosh pits I saw people were like running at each other, like linebackers. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. And I didn't, un- I was like, well, well, what are the rules? Are you allowed to punch? Are you allowed-? Like, I didn't understand it. Um, you know, c- and, and they were really into it and they loved it. And I, you know, people were like, they looked kind of hurt afterwards. And I, I, I didn't understand the, the attraction. Um, I
1: was at odds fest too. And there were two stages. The big stage was for all the the crocodile, alligator, reptile metal, right? The, the old school metal. And the other stage was for the new metal, Slipknot, mm-hmm. and all the bands that you know I can't stand. That one was way off in the dirt somewhere. And it was, it was violent as all get out. And when they finally shut down that stage, this wall of kids was walking up the hill to get to the other area just covered in dirt. Covered mm-hmm. in dirt and sweat. And I thought... It's two o'clock in the afternoon. We're in the middle of a high desert, Mojave area, Mojave desert area, just scorching heat, middle of summer. There's no way you're comfortable. What were you thinking? How important was it for you to get out there and mosh to, to slipknot? Cause they were the final act on the second stage. How important was that for you? Look how you got to spend the rest of the day at this stage now like that. Cause there's no water here. There's no water fountains at the out in Devore. Do they have California? water bottles so people could? Yeah, you could go buy water uh, bottles, but how many would it take to clean you off when yeah. you're covered in caked-on clay mud?
0: Yeah, that would be pretty tough. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I don't I don't know what the appeal was, right? I don't know what the appeal is now to do that. I know what the appeal was for me when I was 19, but I can't speak to why people would do what they're doing now because it looks so violent now.
0: What gets to me is I see like it's the size differences you see like a 200 pound five ten kid and like a 130 pound five foot five kid you see some tall lanky kid that's got like he's all bone and they're they're in there together and it's just like that does not look like a good combination to me that looks like a recipe for somebody breaking a limb or you know getting knocked the fuck out like it just doesn't seem like it would be uh Right. Uh, but I don't know. You know, People seem to enjoy it. So I, I'm, just, I'm not against moshing. I just don't – I never – even when I was playing music and people were moshing to what I was playing, I didn't understand why they were doing it. I was I was really perplexed by the whole moshing thing from very it was early a, on.
1: It was around 2010. I went to a Saxon concert. Um, I couldn't even tell you who opened for them. And a small show. It, it, was, it looked like an office building. That's the kind of place that the concert was at. It was really weird. And off to my left, there's this guy. He had this kind of look about him. He was really chubby and very. You could tell had trouble making eye contact. Very weird. Everything about him made me uncomfortable. Right. And he's maybe 10 feet off to my left. Nobody's thrashing or moshing or anything like that. It's just it's Saxon. But he's having a good time and he's doing the devil horns and he's just shaking his head and whatever. And I keep constantly keeping my eye on this guy because everything about him was making me uncomfortable
0: mm-hmm.
1: at what. And this is the funniest part of this story. And this is what makes me a, a dirt bag. He at one point, he accidentally bumps into this 12 year old kid. Right. And he stops. He says, are you OK, little dude? <laughs> <laughs> and I, inside, I'm just cracking up at myself thinking, oh, my God. This guy's the nicest, sweetest guy. And I've been sitting here thinking that he's going to eat me in the parking lot. Right. I, I've, was...
0: I've been there. I've, I've made those kind of judgments and been shit. totally wrong. You, you feel like a you feel like a terrible person when that happens. I
1: did. You, yeah. I did feel like a terrible person because all of my instinct was wrong. Right. Yeah. You rely on that instinct to give you the right messages so that, you know, that's primal stuff telling you stay away from this kind of person because they're terrifying. And I normally don't make those kind of judgments, but here I was. This guy, something off about this guy. Yeah, what's off about him is that he's really nice, and yeah. I'm a dick. <laughs> That's what's off about
0: it. I've I've met a few, you know, I've I've met a few people where like they they would look like they were like uh, bodybuilder types, and yeah. you know you, you know, my initial impression was, oh, this person's gonna be trouble, and then you know, no, they were like the nicest person in the world, gentle as a, you know, gentle as, as anything. Um, but you know you i think what you do is you kind of assess the threat level a person presents to you and you 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 assume the worst if they look like they they can hurt you you know um but uh but yeah so uh we probably we probably do want to wrap it up soon i want one thing i wanted to say before we move on to the next thing is um i know I, i i we were we were thinking of at some point covering italian metal music and i I put the question out, but I got no responses from people so if anybody's listening who knows Italian metal, I want to know like good Italian metal songs that you think yeah. I should listen to because I'm trying to use the YouTube algorithm for it, and i'm not I'm not getting a good cross section of music I feel, so i don't know if you had a similar thing, Jim, but like i I found it very I, I found like depending on which hole you go down, you could get very dis- different impressions about what Italian heavy metal music really is.
1: Uh, apparently abaddon is italian metal i did not know that i didn't know that either uh um, but the rest of these bands i've never
0: heard of google's giving me a short list like Rhapsody, city i think is italian and there's a couple of bands that i know of but like i i i i uh and i know that they have like a thriving metal scene so i just kind of would be interested to 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 explore it a little bit um,
1: youtube has a video called top 15 italian metal bands
0: and another one, top
1: 10 Italian metal band. But
0: you know what? Following that kind of a thing is how I remember that song I sent you The like, I can't even repeat the name of the band. Um, you know, I, I forget. I forget what it was, but it was like it was a it, it was the Axel F cover. The, the um, oh, that thing was so yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, oh. That's how I found that. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think it was called. What, what was it? Oh, well, I can't remember the name of the band, but they, they did it. What,
1: what I was I can find it. But okay. Go
0: ahead. I, well i want to say the band name so people know what we're talking about but
1: like um, so they can avoid it
0: well maybe some people will be drawn to it that kind of name will attract certain people um but but they covered the be- beverly hills cop theme which but they didn't
1: corpse fucking
0: corpse fucking thank you so yeah. um but the thing about it was that was kind of cool when i first started i was like oh they're doing Axel f this might be interesting and so they do Axl F and he does like the cookie monster vocal over the melody of the Axl F line on, on a keyboard. And then it just shifts to like, you know, plowing guitars and screaming vocals. And it has like no connection to the, um, to the, to the song. Do you mean it was, so it was like, well, that would have been interesting if, if they did something with Axl F and tried to turn it into like a metal song. Do you know what I mean? But it was just like, blah! And it, so it, it just lost me at that point. Um, and a name like Corpse Fucking kind of is... Like, I don't mind bands that have... Uh, uh, you know, like Cannibal Corpse. I always thought that was kind of a cool band name. But, like, Corpse Fucking is too on the nose. Do you know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> It's just it's like it's oh, not even was discreet. Was
1: necrophilia taken? Yeah. Was the Necro
0: necrophilia it? would have been better than corpse fucking. Right. Like, you know, necrophilia at least there's so, you know there, like you know there's 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 a movie called necrophilia. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, but the, corpse fucking it's just like uh, it's just like I'm only here to bother you. Do you know what I mean? I'm only here to <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here I'm to be only obnoxious. Here to
1: bother you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
0: god. <laughs> but, but the point line. but the point was that 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 YouTube thing where you're like oh the best Italian metal I, I don't know how reliable that is that's why I want to get I want to hear from people that are like Italian metal fans you know I feel like I want to like do this for like you know I feel like I need to get to my roots and you know you know, explore Italian <laughs> metal so um but
1: Rhapsody uh, Flyer is an Italian band
0: yeah and they're and I, I knew them as Rhapsody before but yep. I guess they've changed their name um I don't. I wonder why they changed their name to Rhapsody of Fire. Was there like a style change or a lineup change that led to that? Do you think or, like,
1: I, I think there was probably another band already named Rhapsody.
0: Okay. Um. But yeah. So I guess we should get into music we're listening to. I know we wanted to kind of cover that. Um, yeah. Uh, you know. You can go first if you want to. Um,
1: well, I, last night I found that band, The Gathering. I'd never heard of them before. Apparently they're the predecessors to bands like Evanescence, and um all those female led power metal
0: bands? They were really good when they first came out. I remember them. I uh I used to get like those catalogs from like Earache and Roadrunner and all like all those different like metal uh labels. And that's that's eventually how I just started finding music. And they had an album called Mandalion, which was the song the song you sent me was from that album. And I that was the one album of theirs I had and I remember it being really impactful because i had never up until then i hadn't heard too many metal bands with with female vocals and what i did it was usually like paradox paradise lost style where like they have a female vocalist come in and sing something on the side um and so and you know it it, it really kind of worked um did you go deeper into their discography or did you just, I just listen to
1: about 10 of their songs i just uh-huh. found whatever youtube was suggesting uh uh-huh. And I listened to it. The first one I heard was the best. I'm trying to remember the name of the song. I sent it to you. I thought that,
0: that was strange machines.
1: Yeah. Strange machine. I thought that was really good. And there was another one that was really low and, and slow and plotting. And then she would come in and sing a little poppy. And then the band would go back to it's sort of semi prog roots. Um, I really liked that one too. I love the fact that they were mixing it up, that no one song sounded predictable
0: yeah they had they were a huge surprise they have a really interesting sound even to this day they stand out yeah. um yeah i'm surprised I, I, no more people don't know them actually
1: yeah i didn't like the song eleanor but i understand people do like that one uh sand and mercury was a good song leaves was good so that's three songs off of strange machines that are good
0: yeah yeah it's all off that album the The album's called the gathering and it's got like a weird what's the, the cover art was really strange for the time it's like a, yeah
1: um, it's got an african mask on the left hand side and some weird texture on the right yeah it, the it, album title is mandy lion the band is called oh mandy. i'm sorry
0: sorry my, my apologies that's okay uh,
1: i just that's for people that
0: want to go find them but um but yeah yeah so it's and it's funny i always whenever i think of this band that's one of the things that i always have trouble with i always have trouble finding them because all i remember is what the cover looked like and i remember mandalion and the gathering and i can never remember what the band name was and all that so it's always very confusing to me because it was one of these things i remember finding them back in the day but you know i probably listened to them for a little while for like six months and then i you know would just think think about them from time to time and not really explore their 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 full line of albums um so what what else have you been listening to well, I'm still trying to conquer all of Buckethead's work.
1: I think I'm about 50 or 60 songs down.
0: Um, I
1: found I used to have a favorite called uh, Cosmic Furnace, uh-huh. but I found a new favorite called Crumple, which is over 20, 30 minutes long. It's I don't know how long it is. It's ridiculous. I don't know how he maintains it. I don't know how he plays that song that long. I don't. I don't get it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many writes so many songs. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: And there's a lot of songs he does that I can't stand. Right. It'll start with this kind of overly electronic sound to it. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, okay, that's that's part of that milieu of songs that he makes. I don't need to listen to that. I know I don't like it. And then he's got bluesy songs that I don't care for. But anything that he's doing where he's just going or he's off the rails that they're all on my watch later list now. I started a whole thing on YouTube to keep track of the stuff he's done that I like. Mm. I think there's almost thirty songs
0: on there now. When you get through that, we'll finally do our Buckethead <laughs> episode. Because you, <laughs> you got, you, you got, you got I'll just be talking. What was that?
1: How will we do that? You don't listen to Buckethead. So. I, no,
0: I listen to Buckethead. I just don't. I've never done a deep dive into Buckethead. I'll, got I, it. Like I when I when I was. Um, so I, I, after I was in a death metal band, I started doing music soundtracks with my cousin, Dave, he was a guitarist and, uh, and we would record these things on a four track and he, and he and I were both really into similar types of music and Buckethead was a uh, something that he discovered and he used to show to me. And, and so I knew Buckethead through him. Uh, and it's one of those things where sometimes when, you know, somebody who you respect musically like that introduces you to a, an artist or a band, you know, you, you Continue to carry that respect for that band, and you'll occasionally go back to them and you know explore them. So every once in a while, I go and I look at some Buckethead stuff. But he's just so intimidating because he's got so many. It's like, where do you even begin with Buckethead? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and he and he has so much stuff. And like, if you get one album versus another, you're going to get very different things. So you know the you know usually what I do when I look at Bucket is I just type Buckethead into YouTube and see what comes up. Because yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. okay, we'll see what what he has to offer. Um, but he's very impressive. I always liked his um his his version of the Halloween theme that he does with both hands. That's always been very impressive to me because I always wanted to know how he was able to do that. Um, that's really hard to do. Like I, it, it probably looks very easy, but it, it you be playing both those melodies together on a guitar is. <laughs> I, I can't imagine how he how he how he pulled that off. He
1: has a lot of part ones and part twos and part threes and then sub names for things. And I, I think that makes it difficult to find what you're looking for Yeah. when you're listening to Buckethead and black Hill does the same thing. It's black Hill and silent Island. It's black Hill and Hecla. it's black Hill and somebody else, uncle yeah. Silas or whatever. And I don't know as a casual listener of that band, I have to do a deeper dive now to find out, well, what, what exactly is this? Is he performing with somebody else and he wants to give them equal credit, which I respect, but now I'm having, I'm struggling to find more stuff from this person yeah. because in the woods is the channel that he's hosted on, but they host a ton of different kinds of music. Okay. So I can't even use that channel to find more
0: of just black Hills. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's really dizzying, but, But he's, I mean, it's, I, I, you know, just as a guitar player alone, I, I, you know, I, I bucketed somebody who you have, I, I feel like I, uh, I I respect his work and what he does. Um, Sure. I wasn't saying that I didn't,
1: but I was just saying his labeling process sometimes. Oh, no, no, no. no. I was just
0: saying about, no, no, I wasn't trying to suggest that you were saying that. Um, uh, But is, uh, what else have you been listening to?
1: Well, Black Hills, you sent me Black Hills to listen to.
0: Which you've probably heard more of that now than me, because I just found that one thing, and I was like, this is kind of interesting. Um, Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I've listened to four of his albums now.
0: Okay, is it all that sound, or is it very more? Pretty
1: much, the stuff, Mm -hmm. I I found one that I didn't like, Mm -hmm. because it wasn't that sound, it was something else. Um, And I think it's great that he likes to experiment, but, um, uh, you know, when you find something you like, you want it to keep being that thing yeah yeah um and so it it what's especially hard is when you stumble upon something and the first song you hear from them is their best so you start chasing other songs to try to get Mm -hmm. that high again and nothing they made is that good
0: yeah Um, that that, is a problem that that does
1: happen that happened to me with pain of salvation the first song i ever heard was the perfect element part one Mm -hmm. and i don't think they've ever topped that song it's so freaking good it's 10 plus minutes long um that that happens to be a lot when i listen to stuff um I listen to the new Opeth album a lot. I'm, I'm, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I know it's really good. I can't say that it's not really good, but I don't think that it resonates with me the way the previous album did. Okay.
0: The, um... <coughs> do you know why?
1: Um, I think the I haven't really sat down in the dark and just listened to the new album and let and let it let myself absorb it. Instead, it's just background noise. and that's unfair to a band like opeth who really needs your concentration
0: yeah yeah that's one of the problems i have when i when 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 i'm trying to listen to music like that is is it it does require focus um and so you can you can misjudge it if you don't give it your due attention yeah um
1: but it is a complicated album i am not going to sugarcoat it the new opeth album is complicated um, and I'm I'm worried about the new Fate's Warning album. I just listened to the first single from it. It's not good. Um, I've never, I've only hated one Fate's Warning song. Actively hated one Fate's Warning song. But in general, the last three albums they've done have been lighter than their previous work, and that just, that's never the direction I want to see a band going. Okay, okay. So that's... that That makes me nervous, too, since we're talking about what we've been listening to. The entire album isn't out yet. They just put out the one single. Um, but it it's it's not a good sign. Okay, that's
0: always exciting, and there's some trepidation when a new album yeah. is coming
1: out. So the problem is, is that every Faith's Warning fan I know, right? We're all so fucking fervent about this band, we're such zealots mm-hmm. that we dare not say anything bad, even when it is bad. Okay, right?
0: I, I Yeah, Which, I could respect. I, I understand. You don't that. want to get yeah. kicked out of the cathedral. Yeah. You, you, you 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 voice your criticisms cautiously. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I um,
1: once said about the previous album I said, this is the first time they've released a song that I hated. I won't say which, mm. but I just that's all I said on my group. <laughs> and one guy immediately said, "Is it going home?" Cuz that's the song that's really mm. weird on the album that mm. doesn't belong there. The the vocals and the beat don't match Fate's warning." I said, "Yeah." He <laughs> said, "Yeah, I felt the same way. I don't get it." <laughs> yeah. But that was the one time I felt comfortable saying something because the song was so bad in correlation to what they'd been doing before. Okay. Um, But other people have the same, have a similar problem. Not everybody. There's tons of people that love it, but there's lots of people that have a similar problem with that particular song and just
0: have to ask what the fuck.
1: But again, we're all scared to say anything bad because we like
0: this church. It's a good church. Well, and every every band is entitled to make bad albums from time to time, you know. Like they sure. they sometimes have to make bad albums to cleanse their cleanse their creative, you know, systems a little bit. Um, you know, uh, do you have any more that you've been listening to, or should I give? That's I've... a
1: lot. I'm trying to remember at the moment. I I should keep better list.
0: Yeah, that's. One... I I always end up having to like like go through what I was watching on YouTube or go through my um, Amazon Music thing and like look at my history. To find what i was listening to and, and i listened co- to that
1: that bound frozen crown um if you if anybody wants to listen to them the song is called never ending that's the only one i liked <laughs> they, they otherwise have really stupid lyrics their album is called uh crown of uh, crown of Th- frost okay. frozen crown crown of frost that's so stupid that's just an awful name for an album but the, the they have one good song called never ending if you like power metal
0: okay i haven't heard them before so I'll...
1: oh oh uh robert Schwab just tagged me in something um a band they sound like uh uada oh, what the hell is their what's name? what's the name of the band i'm trying to look it up you're gonna have to talk for a little bit while I okay
0: work. so I'll, I'll talk so i've been listening to first i've been listening to a lot of non-metal so i've been listening to a lot of frank sinatra and henry purcell harpsichord music so i'll get that out of the way but uh I you know people can hear you, right? Yeah, I know. I I I'm not ashamed. Frank Sinatra is a great great man and uh and Henry Purcell is a I don't know. The 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 Funeral March of Queen Mary is to me one of the best songs ever written and his harpsichord music I've always loved. Um but uh, but but you were talking about proto metal on Facebook with me, and I always, yeah. I, I've always kind of liked Thin Lizzy, but I, I, you know, and I've done these sort of periodic mini deep dives into their their music, and I understand their importance in metal because of the twin guitar and all that stuff, but um, I, I've been really meaning to go and do a proper deep dive, and so I start, I kind of got my toes wet with that, and was listening to a, a bit of Thin Lizzy, and um, I I and and which I'm enjoying a lot, you know, the, and and also the 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 um what's the name of the singer? Phil Phil Lyott, is that his name? Yes. Yeah, he yeah. he's a really compelling person. Like he has a an interesting personal history and the way that he died is like whenever there's a tragic death, like one of the reasons that I'm I'm so into Phil Oaks is because of the tragedy surrounding his death. And Phil Lyot has a really tragic death. One of the stories I heard about him was that his body was riddled with abscesses because of um it sounds like he was doing heroin and somehow he got infections in his body and it ultimately led to sepsis and then heart failure i don't know the whole story i don't know if i'm getting it right but when i read that he had had abscesses in his body um i've had abscesses and they're awful but to have them inside your body to the extent that he must have it just i mean i can't imagine a more horrifying death um so that added weight to just all the music that i was hearing because he he really didn't have that long to make music. Do You know what I mean? Like, you know, they they, they were a '70s band, and then you know he died in the you know, like mid '80s. So you know that's that's not a long time. Um, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, Chemist, the doom metal band, has an EP out called uh, "Doomed Heavy Metal," which I've been listening to. It's not it's not like a new proper album. It's just kind of some music. I think mainly to kind of keep fans you know going. Uh, but they have a cover of "Rainbow in the Dark" on there which is kind of interesting. Um, and they definitely went the direction of fully bringing Rabo in the dark into the chemist aesthetic rather than trying to uh, be Ronnie James Dio. Um, so it's, an int- it's a much different sounding version of that song. And they also have a really cool song on the EP that's an older song they did called uh, A Conversation with Death. And it's, bas- it's basically a folk song but they've they've turned it into a doom metal song, and it, it's got a really good sound. Um,
1: that and chemist song that you sent to me was really good.
0: I think that was a conversation with Death, but I'll have to yeah, check. it was. Yeah. It was a conversation. Yeah, that, that's I'm a folk song. Name. That's like an Appalachian folk song, I think. But um, yeah, yeah. But it really works. Like, and and I like folk music, and you know, I've never really been able to enjoy folk music and metal together. Those don't usually, they don't usually work. Um, so it was interesting to see their take on that um i you know I, a lot of my other stuff that i've been listening to is more more i don't know not too exciting not too different from what i normally listen to um i i was having a conversation with somebody about cathedral and about my love for that first album and my lack of love for their later albums and so i started revisiting the, through the ethereal mirror for that reason because there's a lot of stuff on there that i now i can appreciate but at the time I was so turned off by. And so I've been, you know, coming at that from a new angle, listening to it. And um, and yeah, and so that's that's pretty much what I've been listening to. There's probably a few other things, but I can't really remember. Um, did you find what you were looking for, by the way? On the- yeah, I
1: did. And I found a couple of the things
0: um, that I've been listening to. Uh, I've been listening
1: to Rush a lot lately. I don't know why, but I've been digging through their old work. Uh, the band I was looking for that Schwab told me about is called Nug N U G. Okay. And the song is called Beast. And it's seven and a half minutes and it's it's pretty brutal. Nug? But it's good brutal. It's not just guys slapping tin cans together.
0: Okay. Oh, hold on. Let me write that name down. Nug Beast. Yeah. That the, the 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 name Nug is not grabbing me, but if somebody's recommending yeah. it they must be doing so for a reason. So Yeah. I'll uh I'll he
1: tagged me in a post I listened to them there's some of the Cookie Monster was tough for me but mm-hmm. overall the underlying music going on there is so good I didn't care okay and that that's always highest praise in my opinion um do you listen to Alien Weaponry? no no okay they're another great they're a uh, New Zealand Maori uh, metal band
0: they have Where, are, they, are they a folk metal band or is that no, just no, their no, background no, no. okay no, because there's a lot of bands that like their, you know, their 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 ethnic heritage becomes like the style of music they do. So there's like a lot of like folk metal bands that. It's so actually
1: there's... three white guys. It looks like, but they okay. sing in Maori.
0: Oh, okay, okay, all right. Um, wait, they sing in the in in the language the... of Maori, yeah. Okay, are are is that their background or is that just the language they know? I don't know. They don't look Maori at all. But I've been, but people I've known from New Zealand sometimes don't look like that's their background, but it turns out to be. like, I don't know oh, much maybe. about New Zealand, but it might be right. kind of like here, where like, you know, somebody doesn't necessarily look Native American, but they turn out to be. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know enough about New Zealand. Um, but all right, I got two on my list to check out. Nug. The song is Beast. And Alien Weaponry is the name of the band.
1: Yeah, Alien Weapons in Is there a this, particular
0: album or song that's worth checking out? The song out?
1: is Kai Tangata.
0: How do you spell that's that?
1: K A I, one word. Uh-huh. Second word, Tangata. T A N G A T A. Tangata. Tangata. Ta- Kai Tangata. Okay, I got it. Um, and it's about this Maori king who goes to England and comes back with all these rifles and uh, changes the landscape
0: of Maori fighting. Okay, okay. All right. I, but it's a
1: great song. It is absolutely fantastic.
0: Okay. I'll check them both out and I'll see what uh um you know what 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 that uh you know what they sound like. Um and I guess the only other thing is uh we 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 were talking about the possibility of doing a, uh, a proto metal uh episode at some point. Right. And so um I, I, I probably should put that out there too to people that um if, if, if there is any proto metal that you want us to cover or you you think deserves to get you know uh, be part of the conversation let us know because we'll you know I'll take the time to to listen to to stuff um, we also want to do an episode about Queensryche. that's true um, which that's all you like you you know that band so I'll trust whatever you have to say about it um, okay uh, I, I I you 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 uh i know i i i ended up getting that album the warning was that the name of the album yeah and and i loved it i, I there was a period of time where i was just listening to it constantly yep. um uh, but i didn't go any further into their their catalog because i just i i i didn't i don't know i i i i just never got the the uh the impulse to do so so um i be but I, I always have been kind of curious what their evolution was after that uh, after after i was listening to it so sure we can uh, talk
1: about that absolutely on the on the end episode i can talk about uh when they failed what went wrong why they're not a band anymore well,
0: I, I have a lot of questions about the knife incident that i've read about with them um okay where the singer i guess took out a knife or something i don't know i heard different i versions. don't know
1: so much about the knife incident but i know that the reason they split
0: was over the fan club and money being stolen you should look but- up that guy's name and knife and see what Jeff comes Tate up. Jeff Tate is the singer, but okay. I'll look it up. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, maybe it was just a rumor that I read somewhere. There's so much bad information on the internet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, so so I guess now we, we've covered everything. We've gone for an hour and 20 minutes, so we probably should end the <laughs> nobody, episode here. Nobody
1: is still listening. Yeah,
0: no, I, I guarantee there's – like people put this stuff on in the background and they're in and out, and I guarantee there are people that make it to the end. I, I know I make it to the end of very long podcasts. sometimes.
1: I will give you a dollar for every person that comments at the bottom of the video and says, I made it to the end.
0: So, so whoever's listening, if you're listening, <laughs> comment, because I really could use that dollar money. Like, you know, so oh, we're going to hold Jim to it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be rich soon enough. I don't have empty pockets, but I can afford the $2 that you You know what? That's a really me. bad idea because I could be nefarious and just go out and say, hey, people, can you just go in and comment there and say this yeah. is the whole thing? So, yeah. It's, but, um. You but only any,
1: know six people, so I'm okay. I,
0: I know more than six people, and I have a big family. Um.
1: <laughs> I have a big family. Oh, my God. They're really going to work hard to get you that buck.
0: <laughs> but, uh. Uh, they're they're loyal they're very loyal people my family um but uh but yeah so anyways we'll we'll head out and until next time we will talk to you later